The Chargers are squaring off against the Jaguars, and one major key to victory will be getting impact players back offensively in the lineup. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen as this Jaguars game approaches. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But David, today, we are talking about the keys for success for the Chargers to get a big win over the Jacksonville Jaguars to move to 2-1-1. And for me, offensively, it's just hard to get around the names that are on the Chargers injury report. And if some of these guys will play Justin Herbert, more importantly, most importantly, but Corey Lindsley is also very important. Keenan Allen's also very important. We'll talk about what they need to do schematically, you know, against the Jaguars defense to have success. Then we'll flip things over. And for me, it's all about making Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'll get more deeply into it today. And then we have to make our bold predictions and our game predictions. You already heard mine. If you listened to the crossover yesterday, David has not given his yet. Will he shock the world and pick the Chargers to lose? Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I mean, maybe there's people out there that don't really believe that. But Dave, let's start with the offensive <laughs> side of things here. And I think it's the hardest games to judge are games like this when you don't know who's going to play. And the other thing is, is when you have players like the Chargers have the caliber of players that are showing up for the Chargers on their injury report this week. Me and you both feel very confident that Justin Herbert will play. He's out there. He's throwing. They say day to day, but he's been out at practice, and it seems like it's going to be a pain tolerancing. And it seems like if he gives them the go-ahead, they're going to put him out there. But there's more offensive pieces, David, that will still have a huge impact on whether the Chargers win or lose, even if Justin Herbert plays, right? And I, and I go first to Corey Lindsley because yeah. he's a guy that has not practiced at all this week, and that is concerning for me. Keenan Allen, another major star, and I think you've seen his the lack of him and what it's done to the offense in the you know six quarters that we've seen since he left the game. So let's start with those two guys, David, because offensively, those are the two guys that I don't know about or I don't have a good feeling about, I think, at this point. And I think it starts with Corey Lindsay because especially if you're putting Justin Herbert out there, a key to this victory will be having Corey Lindsay snapping the ball to him because that dude is super important. And he's super important, Daniel, because he's the one that sets the protections for the offensive line. He has his back to the formation. He's scouting out what the defense is doing, trying to get as much information for Justin Herbert and the rest of the offensive line as possible. And that really takes a lot off of Justin Herbert's plate so he can just go out there and feel comfortable executing the play that's in front of him. And the thing that makes this, you know, uncomfortable for us about Corey Lindsley's status is that he's a veteran and we understand how Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach has handled veterans a little bit differently than some of the younger players. It's he's comfortable if they don't practice, he understands who they are. They might hold, he might hold them out the entire week just to have them as fresh as possible to play on Sunday. So that's why their status of not practicing, especially in the case of Corey Lindsley makes you 
pause and wonder if he is going to be out or if they're just holding him out to get him to Sunday. Yeah, when I think Corey Lindsley specifically, when you look at how much different the offense looked last week when they took him off the field. After halftime, the Chargers' average depth of target for their receivers was three yards or somewhere around there, according to Daniel Popper and True Media. Before that, they were throwing it eight yards on average downfield. That's a five-yard difference. Huge difference. Especially with Justin Herbert dealing with the ribcage injury. I mean, that is something where it's like, okay, well, now you really feel like you have to get rid of the ball quicker. You feel yeah. like, you know, you have to have a running game to kind of protect him in this one, especially if you're putting him out there. And it's no offense to Will Clapp. He's just not Corey Lindsley. And, I mean, no. he just doesn't get things set up the same. I was thinking, hey, it'd be nice if you could just have Corey Lindsley go out there, kind of diagnose everything, maybe just swap Will Clapp in there yeah. at the last second once the ball snapped. But Tag, not possible. In. We don't have the technology for that yet. David feels <laughs> good about Keenan Allen going, I'm feeling up in the air about it, and I just feel like it's like, hey, He's been in limited practice, right, all week. He's both days. That's obviously an encouraging sign. He did not practice last week. So this is something where the Chargers, he's at least making improvements. Still hard to say that he's going to play with any kind of certainty. Same with Donald Parham, but this is definitely the best step in Donald Parham's recovery so far. Just seeing him back on the practice field is good. He would be a welcome addition to the offense. But with whoever the Chargers have, David, offensively, there are some things that the Chargers could do against this Jaguars defense who just got done shutting it down to the Indianapolis Colts and shutting them out. So where do you want to go first with that? Yeah, so this is assuming that Justin Herbert is going to be playing quarterback for the Chargers on Sunday, which, you know, I think, you know, like you said, we both feel pretty good saying that at this moment in time. And that's you have to protect him. And a a good way to protect him is by getting that short, quick passing game going early. You want to get the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands quickly into the hands of a playmaker. Let them get some yards after catch. Let the, the offense get churning keep those sticks and those chains moving forward. That's how you want to go about protecting Justin Herbert and get him comfortable early on in the football game. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, that's something the Chargers do no matter what anyways, right? The stick play is the best play that they have. Everyone just runs five yards down the field and turns around. That can be predictable though. So you have to be careful because that's exactly what I would expect if I'm the Jaguars defense and I'm trying to jump on something early. I'm trying to crowd them, make Justin Herbert, take an extra time in the you know, pocket, take that extra hit potentially after he gets rid of the ball. His pocket awareness is huge, and it's going to be huge in this game to keep himself safe. And he's yeah. been elite at that so far through two games this year and has been really good pretty much his entire NFL career. But having a running game will protect him too, David. And I Absolutely. Think it's time for the Chargers running attack to get back on track, right? No pun intended, no rhyme intended there. But I do think, you know, get Austin Eckler going and get the running game going. And those two things don't have to go – mutually exclusive because i do think like i said yesterday i mean the jaguars linebackers have given up 138 yards to opposing running backs through two games this year and those running backs weren't austin Eckler, right i mean that's he could do much more with that potentially right and then also i think it's getting josh kelly more involved we talked about him being you know rb2 clearly now i wouldn't even mind a straight up split in rushing carries between him and austin Eckler. it's not don't give austin Eckler the ball but it seems like the Chargers have been close to kind of figuring things out with their rushing attack. It'd be great to get that back on track this week because I think that's just something, hey, it's going to protect Justin Herbert. It's going to open up things further down the field, and it's going to give ultimately the offense their best chance. I completely agree. Uh, I, 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 it's definitely one of my keys as well. You have to run the football in this in this game. You want to keep your defense off the field, keep their defense on the field, really wear them down, 
really controlled the line of scrimmage. If you're able to run the football effectively, everything else that you do is going to be better. It's going to be more efficient. So running the football, and I would love to get Josh Kelly the majority of those carries. It just seems like he's been very decisive. He's been quick. He's been explosive. He's been a different running back this year. I want to see him get a lot more opportunities. It just seems like every time he touches the ball, he's going for five or six yards a pop. And, you know, I love what you said about Austin Eckler because in this game, uh, you got to get him out in space and let him work. He's one of those guys that you got to get the football to. I think you saw on the last drive that the Chargers had, last offensive drive against the Chiefs, you get him involved, good things happen. I mean, he catches the football. He's going for seven or eight yards a pop pretty much every single time. So, We already know he's one of the best dual threat running backs in the league. There are not many other people that are as dangerous as Austin Eckler in the open field. Yeah, I'd like to see him get a little bit more creative, too, because obviously, I mean, those checkdowns aren't always going to have that much space in front of them, especially when the other team's in prevent defense, you know, at the end of the game up by two scores. But, like, they used to run, like, way more routes with him, different kinds of routes, the wheel routes, the little Mm -hmm. angle routes out of the backfield. Yeah. It seems like this year, a lot of that has been him stuck in protection and it's him chipping someone and then just, okay, I'll still be here if you need an outlet last second behind the line of scrimmage. Right. I'd like to see him get a little bit more creative with that. And I'd also like to see a little bit more Jalen Guyton, zero catches. A hundred percent this year, this season. And I just think that is a missing weapon. That speed is missing. Just how much that can stretch the field and open things up underneath. They haven't had that guy on the field very much. I do think it could help them. Yes, you're not going to have a ton of time to sit back there and let deep shots develop. But if you are running the ball effectively, you might have a chance to take one or two. And he's the guy you want on the field in those situations, right? Because just the threat, just to him even, you know, just missing one, I think changes the way you play the Chargers offense. Because without that, you're not really as scared of that. Yeah, and when you're doing that, Target good old friend Rayshon Jenkins because so far this year he's given up eight receptions on 10 targets for 134 yards and 16.8 yards per catch. Yeah. So giant red pick, target. Though. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he has, has a yeah. He has one pick, right? And that's one of the ca- the catches that he made that the, he didn't allow the receiver to make, but Right now, he's not doing great, and I think we know that that's a liability the Chargers can expose, and hopefully that is that is with Jalen Guyton. He can definitely get beat. I wouldn't want to hang a bunch of balls in the air around him because he is a super athletic and he'll get there, but he's definitely been caught in the wrong spots a couple times, at least in the two games that we've watched going yeah. into this one. But defensively, I think, is where the Chargers have to win this game, and I think it has everything to do with Brandon Staley making life a nightmare for Trevor Lawrence. So we're going to get into that. But one more thing you talked about, one of the things that's really helped this Jaguars offense, you were saying before the show, forcing turnovers. So the Chargers also can't let a worse team than them shift the game with a turnover. You can't be fumbling. They've done a very good job of that lately. Not fumbling the football, knock on wood there, of course. But that is one thing. Don't let them, don't give them that extra stuff, right, that's going to keep them in this game and make them feel like they belong. And definitely don't fumble your engagement ring into the ocean, right, if you're trying to plan a nice beach proposal. I think I went through all those scenarios in my head when I was going to get proposed to my now wife or get engaged to my now wife. But one thing that would have really made me feel a lot better is Brightco, the best watch and jewelry insurance out there. Imagine you plan an elaborate proposal on top of a waterfall just to have the ring fall out of your fingers down and it to never be recovered again. You have also seen, you know, helicopter rides proposals where it's just gone into the Grand Canyon. You never want to be that guy. And then all of a sudden it's splattered all over the internet and you are that guy, but we all hate insurance. I mean, we all hate it, but 
Brightco turn the whole experience around. It's a different kind of insurance, so it's probably the easiest thing you can do for yourself this week. There are no excuses. For five bucks a month, you get totally comprehensive coverage, and it won't take you more than two minutes on your cell phone to do. So make sure you check it out at bright.co slash locked on. All right, David. Well, we started with the offense. I do think that the biggest keys to this game will just be some of those guys playing. I said on yesterday's show, like, hey, you tell me Corey Lindsley and Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert are all playing. I'll guarantee you a victory, right? Yeah. There's no guarantees in the NFL world. But the one thing that has been pretty consistently good so far this year is Brandon Staley's defense. And one thing they've been consistently good at is making opposing quarterbacks uncomfortable. And the one thing I saw, David, and I'm sure you did too, in that last game when the Jaguars were beating the Indianapolis Colts 24-0, to I mean, it was surgical. I mean, it, it there, there was no more comfortable person in that stadium than Trevor Lawrence. Only pressured three times on 30 passes in that game. Brandon Staley has to do what he did to Patrick Mahomes and what he did to Derek Carr already this season. If the Chargers can do that, right, and really rattle Trevor Lawrence, they're going to get opportunities, and I really think it's going to win this game for them. Yeah, because, I mean, I think if you watch both of these Jaguars games the first two weeks, he's going to make throws that are going to be extremely dangerous that you're going to have opportunities to pick off. Okay, there's several of them and in each game, two to three at least, where you're like, what were you thinking on that throw, Trevor? That doesn't make any sense. That's a very dangerous throw. And the Chargers need to be there to capitalize. And one of the big keys for me, just caveating off of harassing Trevor Lawrence, is to make him process post-snap. So I want to see some disguises of what you're going to do before they snap the football and make him process what he's going to do with the football so it's not preconceived where he's going to go. He's not going to be able to read the defense and be able to go to his number one read right away. I want him to have to scan the field and figure that out, go through progressions, because the longer he goes through progressions, the less time it's going to take for Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack to tear his head off. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I had in my notes, I know one of the things that I had in my notes, was take away that first option because a lot yes. of those times, every throw was in rhythm. It's boom, 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 hit the top of the drop as a quarterback. The ball is coming out, yeah. and there's a receiver right there. Christian Kirk, one of those guys, right? 12 catches, almost 200 yards so far. The biggest. This season. Yeah, I mean, that contract looks better than a lot of people thought it did. Right? So far. Already, but yeah. there's a lot of time left to play. The other thing for the Chargers, though, I had is take advantage of those Trevor Lawrence mistakes. There was at least two and a half interception opportunities last week. Two that definitely should have been one that was more of a 50-50 ball. Had a few of those moments and an interception in week one against the Washington Commanders. He looks much different when he's rattled. When he sits oh, back yeah. there in a, clean po- in a clean pocket, he looks like the number one overall pick. Yeah. Like he's very crisp. He's very precise. He's mm-hmm. super athletic. I think yep. more athletic than people would think, right? And if you can take away that first read, if you can make him throw a couple of those balls up, then it's up to you to take advantage of it. And that's one thing they didn't do last week, David. So as much as it's Trevor Lawrence will give you a couple of chances, it's also on the flip side, hey, the Chargers, that probably lost them the game last week. They had those chances. They didn't take advantage of it. If they take advantage of it this week, they win the game. Yeah, it's 100% the case. Like I said, there's going to be opportunities for you to to take the football away because Trevor Lawrence is going to make some of those young quarterback type of mistakes. But a large part of the offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars is getting the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands very quickly. So tackling is of paramount importance. And here's the reason why 230 yards 
of Trevor Lawrence's 510 passing yards have been yards after the catch. That's 45% of the yards, 4.7 yards after catch per reception on average. So that's a large part of the offense. They want to get the ball in those playmakers hands and let them work and move their offense down the field. So you have to be sure tacklers in this game. You got to gang tackle, swarm tackle, get them on the ground, limit the yards after catch. If you do that and you really constrict and constrain what they can do, I think they're going to, you're going to force them to change their offensive game plan up. And that's where you're going to find success against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is something, especially Christian Kirk, he's seventh in the NFL right now in yards after the catch, 75 yards after the catch, just him. And that is something they want to do is a ton of short passes, which they're going to do against a, you know, Gus Bradley led defense like they went up against last week. But this time I do want the Chargers to make it more difficult. Take that first read away. And I also think there's some kinks that could be worked out for the Chargers and run defense as well, because it seems like these last two games or the first two games of the season, it's been really, really good, except, right? It's like like the yeah, unless for Brandon Staley, it's been very good, except. And there's been a couple Mm -hmm. of plays, a handful of plays in each game where it's like, it looks really good, looks really good. Seven for 14 in the first half against the Raiders. And then it doesn't. And then they give up a couple of big plays. Last week, a 52-yard play that totally skewed the averages for the Chiefs. Yeah, they were doing pretty good in it. But they ended up giving them, right, the icing on the cake, that last field goal that made it a two-possession game in that one. And I think for the Raiders game, it was, hey, first half, seven carries, 14 yards. Second half, six carries for 50 yards. And the Chargers were up most of that half, right? But still, I mean, there has been those couple of, you know, weaknesses in the armor, the weak points of the Chargers' run defense where – you're still looking for them to have that game. They've been really close to like a truly dominant run defense performance. Yeah. If they can pull that out in this one, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to know what to do. Like, I think if you take away the running game for them, which has been solid and you make Trevor Lawrence have to put the team on his back and just carry that much more weight and, you know, have him realize, Hey, you've never won a road game in your entire career. (laughs) That is something where you could actually really disrupt and derail their offense. If you get them off schedule, they were on schedule every time last week. Yeah. You can get them off schedule. That's when things start to go haywire. That's when you can take advantage of that young quarterback. And that's when it's going to start the talent disparity on these two teams is going to really rise to the top. Yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely got to be ready for smash and dash. Of course, that's James Robinson and Etienne. Those guys really complement each other. James Robinson's a bigger back, a guy that can run through you, have some deceptive quickness, but Etienne is, is a big play guy. I mean, it seems like every time he touches the ball, you know, he goes for eight or 10, you know, he's a good slasher. He also breaks tackles pretty decently, but he's a lot faster than James Robinson is, but they complement each other very, very well. So you have to be ready for both of those differing rushing attacks. Yeah, you do. I mean, Etienne looks tiny too, and he gets tackled, yeah. man. He, he gets ragged all the time. So right. He's very, very quick though. Chargers yeah. will definitely have to be able to tackle. I just think if they can shut that down in this game, think it's going to have really adverse effects on Trevor Lawrence and think, it's really going to make him try to do too much. But one huge yeah. wild card in this one also, David, real quick, is J.C. Jackson, right? Because yeah. he's another guy who hasn't practiced all week, and that's going to make a huge difference. Like, if the Chargers don't have him, I still feel good about their chances defensively, but that is still a huge loss when you're talking about an all-pro cornerback with 17 interceptions last two years. 
Yeah, it's it's massive. I mean, th- that dude got paid major, major money because he's a difference maker. He's a guy that can eliminate your number one wide receiver. And, and right now, we just have no idea if he's going to play. I mean, we don't know if this is a situation where they're holding him out because they're trying to help reduce that soreness that he's dealing with or if they just don't feel comfortable putting him out there because, hey, you know, you don't want to put him out there and risk him missing six or seven games. It's just not yeah. worth it. So they got to go about this the right way. They got to take care of their major investment, and I'm sure they will. And like we've talked about, he's enough of a veteran where he doesn't need to ramp up. He doesn't really need to be right. out there for walkthroughs and things like that and for full practice to be ready to go on game day. The thing that holds me back on this and the thing that makes me not feel as great about it is the fact that, okay, hey, if he was that sore after the first time he tested it, then yeah. had you know about 10 days to recover and couldn't go then, What's going to make you think he's going to go into this game, play in this game, and then be ready for week four against the Houston Texans, right? So when you kind of weigh it like that, maybe it's gotten better this week, but not well enough to get out there at least in a limited, you know, participation at practice. Like, that's definitely not a good sign. It could be another major blow to the Chargers defense, but nothing that's a big enough blow to not make you feel good about the Chargers defense against this Jaguars offense. But it's time to put our money where our mouth is, David, because we have to get into our bold predictions and our game predictions, I will put the over-under on David picking the Chargers to lose at plus 500 if anyone wants to take that one. But if you are betting, there's only one place to go, and that is Bet Online, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And I love Bet Online because it's super creative, and it's also a ton of information as well that you're not getting from normal gambling websites or sports betting websites. They have the latest news and intel on their website to help you make the most educated decisions possible. Plus, you can do live in-game betting and bet on whatever you want. But right now, I'm locked in on football, the best thing to bet on. College football, professional football mainly, but it is whatever you want. You can go MLB with the playoffs right around the corner. You can go MMA fights on the weekend. You can go golf. Whatever you're looking for, you can find it at Bet Online. Because with Bet Online, you're going to have fun and you're going to find everything you could ever want, right? I love player props and things like that. I'm always finding, you know, Keenan Allen over 60 receiving yards or whatever it is. I love that about BetOnline. They have the best and most creative ways to put your bets in. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, it's time to get into our bold predictions. I did already pick the Chargers. Well, you'll see, I guess, if you didn't watch the crossover. You can go back and watch it. If you haven't seen what I'm going to say, but let's start with our bold predictions here. Bold predictions, a little tougher to make, you know, when you don't know who is going to play, but with how we see everything right now, David, let's start with the offensive side of things here. Jaguars defense has been good. What offensive player, what offensive category do you think the Chargers are going to be able to do something this week? Yeah. So my, my offensive bold prediction here is centered around the speedy ghost the guy who has been completely invisible the first two games of the season. And I'm talking about Jalen Guyton. I think Jalen Guyton is going to go off in this game. I think he's been a sleeping giant through the first two games and he is ready to be featured in this one. And I'm going to go big. I think I'm going six catches, 120 yards and a 40 yard touchdown. I know it looks like I I saw a cockroach, but I did not. I was just not expecting Jalen Guyton's name to pop up in bold predictions, especially if you're going to potentially get Keenan Allen back, right? Which yeah. wouldn't normally keep Jalen Guyton off the field, but when Jalen Guyton, you know, when Keenan Allen has been there or hasn't, Jalen Guyton hasn't seen much of the field. I like that, right? I mean, I think that's definitely bold. You're filling, you know, you're checking off that box for sure. 
that would be great to see. And I think it'd be great for this offense. And I think, you know, it'd make people feel a lot better that the Chargers aren't just trying to go two-step, you know, throw every single time they have the ball and just continue all the short passes and things. I'm going to go with the Chargers rushing attack in this one. I'm going to say the Chargers rushing attack as a whole goes for 120 yards and two touchdowns in this one. They haven't had more than 76 rushing yards in a game. They've been sitting 76, 75 in the two games leading up to this one. Feels like they've been really close to breaking a few. And I do think especially, you know, with this offensive line, it's just been, hey, one dude out of place, one tight end not making the right block. It does get hurt if Corey Lindsley's not out there, but it does seem like if you're talking about sleeping giants, the Chargers rushing attack has definitely been sleeping through two weeks. I'm going to say 120, two touchdowns, because I think Austin Eckler is is really overdue to get in the end zone. So that's where I'm going on that one. Let's go to the defensive side of things. David, lead us off. Yeah, so on defense, I'm going to give this to a guy who has been absolutely phenomenal through the first two games on the defensive side for the Chargers, who was a very low low uh, cost signing but potentially very very high reward i'm going with bryce callahan and i think bryce callahan is going to get two interceptions in this game he's going to be a major difference maker um i just love what he's done with the chargers Uh, i mean absolutely phenomenal signing so far he's been great yeah and it hasn't just been one of the chargers best value signing it's been one of the best value signings you know across the nfl that dude was just sitting out there right and came in on a one-year deal the talent has never been the question, right? But like, no. as he's sitting here healthy through two weeks, you understand, okay, that's why it's worth the risk there. Oh yeah, to bring a dude in who has this checkered of an injury pass, right? And the Chargers, to their credit, knock on one, have done a very good job of managing that. But I could be kind of with you defensively there. My defensive bowl prediction is that the Chargers have five sacks in this one. I there think we with go. Joey Bosa and Kawil Mack. This is something these Jaguars tackles have not seen up to this point. Cam yeah. Robinson gave up five pressures alone in the first week of the season. And Jawan Taylor has been great. He also hasn't seen Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack, right? I mean, Colton Miller's or great Derwin too, James right? <laughs> or Kyle Van Noy. 100%. Yeah. I think this Chargers defense is going to be such a shell shock for the Jags, especially from going up against Gus Bradley, because I just can't think of any two more completely different defenses. <laughs> I think the Chargers are going to bring the heat and get yeah. the five sacks. And I think they get two interceptions, David. But I have one going to Derwin James because he seems okay. overdue for a pick. Yeah, And Nazir Adderley, since I picked him last week, I'm doubling well, down. He had dude. the pick in his hands just for it to get called back by a terrible call on a you know, illegal touching downfield by the defense. Disgusting. Bryce Callahan. <laughs> Bryce Callahan got screwed there. But, yes. David, it's time to put our money where our mouths are. I almost want to change my score for the day. I feel, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's know. our show. We make the rules, so that is true. I totally could do it, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be that much different. Like I, I picked yeah. twenty-eight twenty Chargers yesterday with more uncertainty than there is today. It's nice to see a couple of guys, you know, limited practice back-to-back days, like Don yeah. Parham, like Keenan Allen, like most importantly Justin Herbert. Feel yeah. better about Justin Herbert going today, even than yesterday when I was saying, hey, I think he is definitely going to play in this one. I still think there's probably something a little bit missing from the Chargers offense. So I'm not going to pick them to score more than I did yesterday, especially not knowing what's happening with Corey Lindsay, because we know how important he is. So I'm going to stick with 28, 20, but David, you have not given your score or your reasoning yet. So why do you think the Chargers are going to win in this game? I didn't say I was going to pick the Chargers to win in this game. Plus 500 automatically plus 500 plus 500 at bet online. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, maybe it's because you've been my podcast partner for six or seven years. 
Yeah, of course I'm picking the Chargers to win this game. And the reason for that is a large reason that you've already produced that uh, we we very much share is that I do think that the Chargers defense, especially their pass rush, is going to make Trevor Lawrence life a living hell in this game. Yeah. I think he is going to be feeling it. I think he's going to be feeling pressure that's not there towards the end of the game because he's going to get hit multiple times in this game. And I do think the Chargers and Brandon Staley is going to be cackling with their mad scientist kind of get up going on just salivating at the opportunity to really wreck the mind and the body of Trevor Lawrence. I think the Chargers defense is far superior, uh, and that's why I think that this game is going to be a little bit lower scoring because of those uncertainties on the Chargers offense. I am going to go with 24 to 14 Chargers win by 10. I like that score. I, I mean, I think that's, you know, indicative of, okay, very strong defensive performance, leaving something to be desired offensively, which I yeah. think we could see in this one, especially because, I mean, it might be the best defense the Chargers have played so far. I mean, it's probably right around where the Chiefs and the Raiders were entering that game, before yeah. the, how they played at least. At the same time, I think this is easily the worst offense that the Chargers have played so far because guess oh, yeah. what? Devontae Adams isn't out there. Patrick Mahomes is not out there, right? So, like, they've had to deal with bona fide NFL stars, and there's not a ton of stars on the Jaguars' offense. There's a, a bunch of guys, right? Like, yeah. good good players, good pieces, yeah. good, you know, fits potentially for what they're doing. No superstars out there. So, I think the Chargers' defense is going to have a field day in this one. I think it's just... This is kind of, I think, going to be their coming out party as long yeah. as, you know, they don't get totally screwed over by the offense and things can change. You and know? they don't gas out in the second half. Like, let's get a better performance in the second half this time. I mean, right? you know, from let's, the let's offense, finish, finish a football game. Just from the finish offense? the game on both on offense no, and no, defense. No, Chargers finish defense has played great in the second half so far this year. I'm going to definitely push back on that. I mean, they only say they gave up seven points in the last game off of Justin Herbert. Pick Offensively, six primarily, half. though. Yeah, they, they, they I mean, need to keep their foot on the throat. The first team, it seemed like the defense is the only thing that did work in the second half in that one, especially when like, went out there and won you the game. So yeah. I, I think the Chargers defense has been fine, but I don't think they've had a performance so far like the one they're going to have in this game. If J.C. Jackson doesn't play, obviously that changes things a little bit. Maybe it's not quite as dominant, but they still have plenty of pieces available, and I think there are enough question marks on the back end of the Jaguars defense. I really like their front four. I really like Josh Allen that yeah. the Chargers could make them pay for it. So I think that's what's going to eventually end up happening here. And I think the Chargers move to two and one on the season. But we will be back with a post-game show right after the game, as we have been. And we've appreciated all the support on that. And hopefully we're here talking about a giant Chargers victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. But to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. You listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure to rate and review the show if you like it as well. And we are planning into get, planning on getting into some voicemails as well next week as we have a Wednesday show. We're going to keep fan-centric as much as we can. So you can call into 323-524-7924 with your game reactions and try to keep them around 30 seconds. It makes them much more likely to get on the show. But we also post the show to all of our social media every day. You can find it on my Twitter at DanTalkSports. David Jogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD or our show's page at LockedOnLAC. We always appreciate you guys making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Peacock and Williamson show if you're trying to keep up with everything going on around the league. It's very hard to do on your own. They put it in a bite-sized form where they're always getting into the biggest stories every day. But thank you guys for making us your first listen today. If you guys also want to find us, you can find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and on our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. But make sure you are here for the Chargers post game show Sunday night after the game. Until then, take it easy and go Bulls.